Good morning. Welcome to the Church of the Palms. My name is Linda Halderman, and I serve as a shepherding deacon in our congregation. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us bow our heads as we prepare for worship. You pour out upon us the oil of gladness, gracious God, as we gather in the name of our risen Savior. You have given us the word of life. We have heard and seen your greatest of all gifts and testify to that experience by our presence here. Let Jesus Christ be known among us in our conversation and in our prayers. May our thoughts center on the message that light has come to chase away the shadows. Community has been born to remove our isolation. Joy has been heaped upon us that we might share it with the world. Amen. Now as we worship together, may our hearts receive his Holy Spirit, our ears listen to his word, and our voices be raised in praise to the glory of God.
Will you please stand for the call to worship? Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, and from the north and from the south. Let us worship God. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that we may live eternally and abundantly, counting on that very love of God for us. Let us pray our confession together. We have taken the name Christian, but few of us are known primarily by that name. We have experienced Easter radiance but we seldom reflect the light of our risen Savior. We have heard the message of salvation, but it grows cold on our lips and is of little influence on our lives. Sometimes we delude ourselves that because we are basically good people, there is no sin in us. We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Instead, we have allowed great chasms 
and build high walls to keep you out of our lives. Forgive us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. A week later, after his resurrection, Jesus went to the disciples who were in the house together and said to them, Peace be with you. And Jesus, forgiving Thomas and his doubt, met Thomas's need and restored him. Just so, Jesus restores us from all our shortcomings and sins and doubts today. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. Let us now reform our faith together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and seated on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now we have a very important um, thing to do today before we start greeting one another, I would like to invite all the elders and deacons and shepherding deacons who are to be ordained and installed or just installed to come forward towards uh, the communion table, if you would, please. And now, let us greet one another in Christ's name.
morning, everybody. We're doing things a little bit out of order this morning. We have before us today, as Minky mentioned, all those uh, who have been elected by our congregation to serve as officers in our church, elders and deacons and shepherding deacons are before you. And uh, isn't this a good crowd? Would you welcome them with your round of applause? Yeah. We are blessed uh, by a congregation that yearns to serve in so many different capacities. And it is overwhelming to see this wonderful group of people before us who have been empowered by God, called by God to serve in a very special ways in our life as elders. And those of you who are being ordained and installed as elders, would you raise your hands? Okay. So when you, when, uh, when they, uh, answer the question, you know who's answering the question. <laughs> and uh, for those of you who are being ordained as deacons and shepherding deacons, raise your hands. Excellent. Wow. I think Church of the Palms has the record for the most deacons in the Presbyterian Church. <laughs> <clears throat> so yay for that. That's a good thing. But as a part of your coming uh, into this uh, ministry with us, we invite you to respond to these questions as we ordain you and install you into our life. Do you trust in Jesus Christ, your Savior, acknowledge him Lord of all and head of the church, and through him believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, do you? Do you accept the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments to be by the Holy Spirit, the unique and authoritative witness to Jesus Christ and the church universal and God's word to you, do you? Do you sincerely receive and adopt the essential tenets of the Reformed faith as expressed in the confessions of our church as authentic and reliable expositions of what scripture leads us to believe and do? And will you be instructed and led by those confessions as you lead the people of God? Do you and will you? Will you fulfill your office in obedience to Jesus Christ under the authority of scripture and be continually guided by our confessions? Will you? Will you be governed by our church's polity, and will you abide by its discipline? Will you be a friend among your colleagues in ministry, working with them subject to the ordering of God's word and spirit? Will you? Will you, in your own life, seek to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, love your neighbors, and work for the reconciliation of the world? Will you? And do you promise to further the peace, purity, unity of the church? Do you? And will you seek to serve the people with energy, intelligence, imagination, and love? Will you? Will you be a faithful elder, watching over the people, providing for their worship, nurture, and service? Will you share in government and discipline, serving in the governing bodies of the church? And in your ministry, will you try to show the love and justice of Jesus Christ. Will you? Stall as deacons. Will you be a faithful deacon, teaching charity, urging concern, and directing the people's help to the friendless and those in need? In your ministry, will you try to show the love and justice of Jesus Christ? Will you? And do you, the members of this church, accept these people as elders and deacons chosen by God through the voice of this congregation to lead us in the way of Jesus Christ? Do you? Do you? 
And do you agree to encourage them to respect their decisions and to follow as they guide us, serving Jesus Christ, who alone is head of the church? Do you? Now, as we go to pray for these people, I'm going to invite any other uh, elders and deacons to come forward, and we will be laying hands on you. You don't have to budge. We're going to come to you. <laughs> so feel free, those of you who are already ordained and installed elders and deacons, to come forward, and we will lay hands upon you as we receive you into our life. Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks. We thank you that you called us into life. We thank you that you called us into the new life in Jesus Christ. We thank you that you have called us into the life of the church. We thank you that you have called us into ministry for the sake of your son, Jesus. Lord, we pray that you will bless these people as they have responded to your call those who are serving as elders, those who are serving as deacons and shepherding deacons. Lord, fill them with your Holy Spirit. Empower them with your grace. Make them always mindful of your continued presence. And may they always look in front of them to see Jesus, that they may follow him and that we may follow them and their following of you. Lord, allow them to always know that they are surrounded by the body of Christ and that they are surrounded by Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that you have given them all of what they need to be and to do, that you have empowered them and equipped them for the service of Jesus Christ. So bless them and keep them and make your face to shine upon them and be gracious unto them. Lift up your countenance upon them and give, you, give them your peace, for we ask it in Christ's name, amen. 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 We welcome you to this office. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, good morning again. We'll try that again. Good morning. Yeah, better, better. Welcome again to uh, Church of the Palms. We are glad you're with us today. Um, you may figure out a little bit that things are different today. Um, we're doing a little bit of the Scottish thing, and uh, we are looking forward to our 11 o'clock service. We'll be having our blessing of the tartan service, Kirken of the tartan. And uh, we uh, hope that you may want to remain with us for that service as well. We'll have a grand procession of bagpipes and bands. And as I mentioned last Sunday, you'll want to get used to that music because that's the music in heaven. So, 
But we are uh, delighted to have you. We are we're delighted as well to have the Pine View uh, Trumpet Quartet, and we're uh, just delighted to be able to reach out into our community and have the community be a part of us, so we're grateful for their participation as well. We uh, invite you, if you are looking at uh, a possibility of wanting to learn more about our church, our Church of the Palms, and our ministry here, we have a new members class beginning at uh, 10.15 right over in the chapel. So come and join us for that. It's a ch chance for you to learn more about our church and, and even if you wish to actually join today if you'd like, so, like to do so. So we'd love to have you come and join us. We have a men's conference that several of our men will be going to on April the 25th. So we invite you to uh, take note of that announcement in the bulletin. Uh, it's not too early to begin thinking about vacation Bible school which is coming up in June, and we invite you to take note of those announcements in the bulletin, and if you'd like to help us out with being an assistant or providing us with supplies or all those good things, uh, we would love for you to uh, help us out. We are uh, always uh, seeking to connect with you in so many different ways, and those of you who are maybe more seasonal with us, we invite you to always stay in touch with us on our website, www.churchofthepalms.org, and uh, we would love to connect with you. You can worship with us live at 9 o'clock in the morning uh, every Sunday on your computer. And uh, you can find out about all the things that are going on in our life. If you happen to be moving on to up north and would like to invest in our, uh, our ministry here at Church of the Palms, we do have a pledge card for you on page 19. And uh, perhaps you've not even yet had the chance to pledge to our work this year. We would love for you to do so. Uh, take that with you, send it in, and uh, that would give us a, a sign that you wish to be invested in our life here at Church of the Palms in the, in the future. Let's continue our worship. Let us pray. Gracious God, we pause in this time to acknowledge and to sense your presence in our midst. We thank you for your faithfulness to your promise that wherever two or three are gathered together, there you are in the midst of them. And so we believe that you are in the midst of us this day as we have ordained those who, and, or installed those who have been elected to serve as officers in this church family. We pray your blessing upon them and upon their families. And indeed, as we are blessing the Tartans, symbols of uh, families, clans of Scotland, we know, O oh Lord, from your word that it is your desire for your people to be a blessing to all the peoples of the earth. And so that is the desire of our hearts this morning, that you would use us. Whether our ancestors came from Scotland or Italy or Africa or Asia or North or South America, that you, through us, would bless all the peoples of the earth, that you would use the ministry of this congregation for your love and grace, for your peace and joy to be broadcast throughout our community and across the globe. 
Bless those who have been elected to serve and to lead. Bless their families, that they would be an encouragement to us all. Help us to keep our eyes first on you. And then on our church family and on our community. So that we may respond to the needs that you show us. Lord, we thank you for your great commission to go, to teach, to baptize, and to be sure of the promise that you are always with us. And so it is in this hope, it is in this faith that we pray the prayer Jesus taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. One of our great joys as a family of faith, as we saw last week, is, is the opportunity we have in worship together. What an amazing thing it was at sunrise on Easter Sunday morning to be out on Lido Beach with more than a thousand people from our church and from our community. What a joy it, it was to have the sanctuary filled to overflowing, the campus center filled to overflowing last week, and then to come back this Sunday and to be able to celebrate our Reformed and Scottish heritage. It is because of what you give, because of what I give, week in and week out, that God enables these ministries to happen. And so with that sense of joy, with that sense of gratitude of what we have to share here at Church of the Palms, let us return to God our tithes and offerings as the ushers come forward. <clears throat>
Let us pray. Holy Father, you have given each of us gifts to use as members of the body of Christ. In gratitude, we present now our gifts to you, the work of our hands, our hearts, and our lives. We pray that you will multiply them to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to our world today and always, here and everywhere. In Jesus' name, amen. And now we invite Lori and all the children to come forward for the children's moment. Thank you. Come on down. Oops, excuse me. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. So we had our mountaintop experience last week with Easter, didn't we? Live chicks and all kinds of great celebrations. And now it's time to roll up our sleeves and get to work. Are you ready? So let me ask you, do any of you guys have a chore chart or a to-do list? Any kind of some? Wow, Ginny, you're it. Really? Oh, thanks, Sam. So what would be one thing that would be on your, on your chore list or your to-do list? Can you think of one thing that might be on it? Come on up, Ginny. You may be saving me here. Um, feed and water my dog and cat. Excellent. To feed and water a dog and cat. Anything else? Yeah, Cynthia. Feed your dog. To feed your dog. Does anyone have to make their bed? Yeah, good, Sydney. Thank you. What else? Clean my room. To clean your room. Right. So these are like these chores that we have to do. So I have to tell you, when I was old enough to stay at home by myself in the summer, my mom would let me sleep in and she'd go off to work. And I'd get up and I'd go into the kitchen and I would always find a note. And on the note, it starts out really great. It says, good morning, beautiful. I'm like, yeah, this is nice. I hope you have a great day. I'm like, I am going to have a great day because it is summer vacation. Um, here's a couple things that I would like you to do. Please clean your room. Do the dishes in the sink. And scoop the cat box. Ew. So, and then she says, I'll see you tonight, love mom. Well, I don't really want to do those chores. They're not really a lot of fun, but I do have to tell you one thing. My mom loved me so much, and I loved her so much that I really didn't want to disappoint her, and I wanted to, her to be proud of me and to do what she said, so I really did try to do those chores. Well, guess what? Jesus gave us a to-do list. After he was raised on Easter Sunday, he walked around with his friends, and then right before he went up to heaven to be with the Father, he looked around and he said, I got to tell you guys one more thing. It's like he gave us our, our note, our good morning note, our to-do list. And he, this is what he said. We call it the Great Commission. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. And remember, I'll be with you even until the end of the day. So I heard three things there. First thing is to go. We can't just stay here. We have to go. Whether we go across the street, to our school, to our park, we go. And when we go, we go as disciples of Christ. The second thing he said, teach. Teach. Teach them to obey my commands. Jesus commanded a lot of things. But do you remember the two most important things that he told us? Remember? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor like yourself. So when we go, 
we bring love. We bring love for everyone. And then finally, to remember, we're never alone. Jesus is with us. So when we leave this place, let me see your hearts. Hearts full of love to show everybody what it's like to have a relationship with Jesus. And now will you put them together and let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for loving us so much that you would send your son to die on the cross for us. Out of that great love, we want to love everybody else. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. May be seated. I noticed the look of envy in all those men's faces wishing they had a kilt. <laughs> I can see it on your faces. Just one look at Bruce. You want to be just like him. I know that. Our scripture lessons today, one that's printed in your bulletin and another, are from the New Testament. We are in Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20, as we continue in our journey through the great God story of God. And in these days that follow the great day of resurrection, as Lori has shared with us, we find Jesus now with his disciples again. Beginning at the 16th verse, hear the word of God. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. 
And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Then secondly, from the letter of Paul to the Colossians, the first chapter, beginning at the 15th verse. Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. By your grace and through your mercy, O Lord, we pray that you will allow these words to come to point to the word just read and to the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ, for we pray this in his name, amen. Twelve years ago, I took pilgrimage to an island off the west coast of Scotland called Iona. Iona is a small island, not much bigger than Siesta Key. It has a population of about 125, a little smaller than Siesta Key. I stayed there at a small inn on the island, and one night as I sat in bed reading at about 11 o'clock, I heard the sound of oarsmen rowing their boat into the harbor. The cadence of the rowing was being called out by a coxswain, and I looked out the window, and a small group were assembled over on the dock, cheering for this little crew of what turned out to be 13 men, all dressed in cassocks, monks' cassocks. I made my way down to the dock and arrived at about the same time these monks in their little boat arrived, their little boat about 20 feet long, just enough to accompany the 13 of them. It took a little bit of time to put the pieces together to figure out that these 13 monk-looking men, none of them actually, it turns out, were monks, had spent the last several days rowing from the tip of Northern Ireland up and over to Iona, reenacting the famous voyage 1,440 years before of a priest named Columba and his 12 fellow monks who had left Ireland in exile and brought, in effect, Christianity to Scotland. St. Columba, or Calm Keel in Gaelic, was to Scotland what St. Patrick was to Ireland. Columba established his community, Christian community of brothers there on that little island and in effect served as Scotland's first mission post, converting the Picts and becoming over the centuries the center for Christianity for Scotland. Today it is one of the great pilgrimage sites of all of Christendom. All told, 48 Scottish kings are buried on this tiny island of Iona including the Macbeth of Shakespeare fame. But it all started 
with those 13 monks back in 563, setting off from the shores of Ireland, straining at their oars, making their way to a land unknown in order to live a unique life together so as to introduce an unfamiliar God to a foreign people. This is what I saw being reenacted that night many years ago by those 13 men. Now, you have to be kind of crazy, don't you? Against all odds, at the risk of losing everything, including your life, inhabiting the dot of an island off the coast of a land hostile to your life and to your allegiance, you sort of have to be a little crazy. Now, it takes little stretch of the imagination when thinking of these 13 possessed monks to then think of these last several verses of Matthew's gospel that I just read to you. Jesus and the 11 disciples are up on a mountain in Galilee, and Jesus offers to them his last words, what tradition calls the Great Commission, go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. That's the Cliff Notes version of the, of the Great Commission, go and make disciples. But the Cliff Notes really don't do justice to these last words that Jesus has for his 11. Because when you read these last verses of the gospel, what jumps out at you are the repeated, is the repeated use of one word. Jesus uses one word in his last words over and over again. And since, they are words, since they are, these are the last words of Jesus recorded by Matthew, his precious remaining words, and since he chooses to repeat one word over and over and over again, it's probably a good idea to pay attention. The word that Jesus uses over and over and over again is the word all. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go and make disciples of all nations. Teach them all that I have commanded you, and I will be with you all of your days. The all-encompassing claim, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. The all-encompassing commission, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. The all-encompassing command, teach them all that I've commanded you. And the all-encompassing comfort, I will be with you all of your days. All, 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 all. And actually, there's another all in this great commission, and it has to do with the people that Jesus is talking to. He's talking to the disciples, and Matthew says that when they saw Jesus, they worshipped him, but some doubted. They worshipped, but some doubted. And yet Jesus speaks to all of them, the worshipers, the believers, the doubters, the seekers, the ones suspicious. He speaks to all of them. To all people, Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. Make disciples of all people, teaching them all I've commanded you. Lo, I am with you all of your days. Do you think Jesus is trying to say something here? You see, from the very start, Matthew, the gospel writer, has been trying to drop the hint through the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus that this is, in fact, the turning point for the cosmos. For from the very beginning, when the stars of heaven align around Bethlehem, when wise men travel far from the east, when the powerful King Herod cannot put a stop to it, the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus has become the all-encompassing universal event. All authority, all command, all nations, all days, all people. 
This is the message Matthew would have us hear. The kingdom of heaven is being established, and it's time to get on board. Like those 13 monks, it is time to get on board. Victor Hugo said, no army can withstand the strength of an idea whose time has come. Matthew says, all the time has come. Jesus says, time to get on board. Time to get on board because the ship is sailing. You better jump in. It explains, doesn't it, the craziness. It explains the craziness of the commission. It explains the craziness of those disciples. It explains the craziness of those 13 monks. And the craziness comes from this new perception of the world, that the world is encompassed by the Christ. Wasn't that the world needed to be encompassed by the Christ? It wasn't that the world still needs to be encompassed by the Christ? It is that the world is already encompassed by the Christ. This was what the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus was all about, to reveal that Christ was over all, that Christ was in all, and that through us, Christ is for all. He is, writes the apostle, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, and in him, All things in heaven and on earth were created. He is himself before all things, and in him all things hold together. You see, when you become convinced that the world really is this way, that the universe really is this way, encompassed by the Christ, all in all, then that's when you start the crazy thing. You start setting sail for foreign lands. You start thinking that maybe the world needs to know of this incredible truth. You start giving away more and more of yourself to this truth as you see it. You start being less afraid because you know that your life has been enveloped already. It was enveloped since the beginning of time. Nothing can separate you, the apostle says, from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. You are encompassed, and your encompassment, yes, that's a word, your encompassment sets then your compass. Christ over all, Christ in all, and through us, Christ for all. You're not crazy, you're just encompassed, and your encompassment sets your compass. Christ over all, Christ in all, and through us, Christ for all. One of the great Christian books in my estimation is the great classic Don Quixote by Cervantes, a book that says very little about Jesus, but a lot about what life looks like when you get encompassed by a vision. We all know the basics of the story. Don Quixote, the self-appointed knight errant who sets out on a quest to live the life of chivalry. He's going to bring truth and justice to the land, and to do so, he begins to act in ways that people seem to think that maybe he's a little bit delusional, but he's been encompassed with this vision. And we remember that famous scene, right, when he and his sidekick, Sancho Panza come upon a row of windmills and Don Quixote sees them as an enemy to vanquish. He sees in them giants with which to joust and Sancho Panza says, now look, your grace, what you see over there aren't giants but windmills and what seems to be arms are just sails that go around in the wind and turn the millstone. And Don Quixote is perplexed that his sidekick cannot see what he sees and he says, obviously, you don't know much about adventure. 
You see, the adventure begins with you and me when we allow ourselves to see the world as Christ sees the world. The world for whom he died and the world for whom he was raised. Like those immortal words of Robert Kennedy, George Bernard Shaw's original words, some see things as they are and say, why? I dream things that never were and say, why not? I love that scene in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe when Narnia is frozen by the reign of the White Witch and the Narnians are frozen in body and in spirit, but then comes the word that Aslan is on the move. Aslan is on the move, and when Aslan is on the move, the whole of Narnia is on its way to be encompassed by the spirit of Aslan, and the Narnians unfreeze, and more than unfreeze, they are emboldened to live as Narnians because this is Aslan's land. And they see things not as they are, but as they should be. Christ over all, Christ in all, and through us, Christ for all. Christ for those who worship, for those who doubt, Christ for those who are far away, Christ for those who despair, Christ for those who deny. And with this encompassment, we get to see all people as Christ sees all people. We get to live for all people as Christ lives for all people. We get to encompass all people as Christ encompasses all people. We get to set sail with a new vision. Christ over all, Christ in all, Christ through us for all. Maybe you remember the story written by John Irving called The Cider House Rules that features Dr. Wilbert Larch who runs an orphanage of boys and girls, children without mothers and fathers left to wonder if anyone really wants them. And every night, Dr. Larch comes up to the room where the boys stay, and he reads them the greatest of all orphan stories, David Copperfield, to encompass them every night with this great story of the young orphan's heroic journey. And then each night, as the doctor sends them off to sleep, he says to them, these little orphan boys, he says to them, good night. You princes of Maine, you kings of New England. Good night, you princes of Maine, you kings of New England. Princes? Kings? Well, these are orphans. Oh, no, not to Dr. Larch. He sees what most cannot see. And isn't that what the Great Commission does for us? Encompass us with a story different than what most can see. Christ over all, Christ in all, and through us Christ for all. That we could see all as Christ sees all. Princes and kings, princesses and queens. That we are to strike out on the adventure of all nations, even Scots for God's sake, that all nations might know that all authority has been given to him, that all commands are good to be followed, and lo, he will be with us, he will be with us, he will be with us all of our days. What greater commission could there be?
Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen.
Church of the Palms is located at 3224 B Ridge Road in Sarasota, Florida, 34239.